What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host, per usual, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting. How are you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm doing great. I'm ready to roll. Ready for a good podcast. Nice. You ever think I should uh, change my intro? We've been doing this for what? <laughs> How many years? And I always say my co-host per usual, <laughs> Elliot from Freelance Technique. I don't know. It's just like a fixture of the show at this point, right? Yeah. No, I don't see any reason to change it. <laughs> nice. You could say some main, well, main things probably on there. Sure. I can, yeah. Let me keep... It wouldn't be hard to come up with a list for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's that time of year, Elliot. We're in August. We're actually talking about it a little off the air, and I am uh, I'm going to struggle to keep up this pace all the way to waterfowl season, I think, but <laughs> I'll do my darndest. Inside of a month. Well, actually, it's exactly yeah. it's the 3rd, so the, I'll be hunting teal on the 3rd of September, and this is we are recording this on the 3rd of August, so, woo. Yep. I can smell it. It's coming in hot. Yep. Yes, it is. Coming in hot. I'm, I'm getting... Yeah, I'm excited for I'm kind of stuck in a state of being excited where my moods have just been really, really... You know how when your motor just kind of gets running and you're just kind of excited? I've oh, I've been yeah. kind of stuck in that the last week because of... It's so close. And But normally if you have that, you'll have like a little crash. And I haven't been having any crashes. So I've nice. been pumped. Yeah. I think that like that's how I get too, but then I just think about the projects and everything, and we both kind of pump up our content. Which guys, here's a reminder: so Elliot and I are both putting out lots of content right now in August. Probably Elliot, you're probably putting more August content than you ever have. Yeah. So that's that's pretty exciting. So lots of great videos on your end, and and I'm the same boat. Putting out, I'm putting out five a week for the whole month of September or September August. Um. I got my build videos. I got boat builds. I got the sailboat conversion. I got duck bus updates on that build. I got um, hunts that I've never been seen before. Um, and you got, you want to go ahead and tell it, so give some teasers what you got coming, Elliot? Right, yeah. So, um, well, I'm releasing some um, Golden Boy hunts that have never been released on my channel before. And I'm excited about that. Just released, released one of those today. But the three-part series that I'm really had the most fun making is I'm going over tips to hunt rivers, lakes, and marshes. And I just had so much fun making those videos. Those are start, that's starting next week. I've got one tomorrow. That's an unboxing of final approach stuff. But then next week I'm starting the, um, the tips videos. I'm just really put a lot of B roll in those videos. I I really, really enjoy those videos. So I'm excited. And then once a week is going to be a golden boy hunt, which that one I put out today, people are seeming to be really enjoying it. Oh yeah. That's cool. I, I haven't got to watch that one completely, but I, I did. I clicked on it um, and started watch it, which I know that's terrible for your analytics, <laughs> but I just could, I couldn't finish it yet, so I'll finish it later. Um, but all that being said, yeah, too, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I felt like I was going to say something, but um, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little frazzled tonight, but <laughs> yeah, we got, we, got, we got tons of content. Oh, and I was going to talk about your, your three-part series because we did the whole podcast mm-hmm. on that one too right. about two weeks ago so that one actually did really well on the podcast too so yeah that'd be cool so guys make sure you jump over to our channels duck and chronicles on youtube freelance ducking on youtube and we're putting out all the content right now it's going to get you all the way through every day we think about that duck hunting you'll see 
some of our projects, some hunts, some cool stuff. And yeah, we're both, we're both excited about putting out all this content for August. It's, it's a lot of fun. So one of it's honestly, it's one of my favorite times of the year. It's a lot of work, but like I, man, I enjoy, I enjoy projects. What do you, what do you think about the sailboat build so far? Well, I can say that, that, that little, I don't know. What's the name of that tool? That little circular saw, the little hand saw. What's the name of that? Oh, uh, I would, uh, I'd call it a grinding wheel. Well, I, for some reason, watching you do that on time-lapse to music is I could just sit there for hours. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's the music choice. It is. I just love those time-lapses. It's pretty cool because, like, uh, with the fiberglass, it, like, throws up a cloud right. of dust, too. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And when you were cutting at the yeah, bottom, like- when you were cutting at that little hole where the uh, mast or whatever goes down in, and you were just trying to yep. get off those little – I don't know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I put it. I put a comment on the video. It's like it was mesmerizing to me. I was like, I was hypnotized. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So so far, that's probably the most uh, hype I have of anything I've released mm-hmm. yet this season. But you know, the other stuff's kind of more standard. I mean, I guess the duck bus isn't, but um, that might be old news compared to last year. So, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that build for the sailboat. I know I've probably talked about it a couple times during off season. So it's a sailboat to duck hunting sneak boat conversion. So I t- I'm taking an old thirteen and a half foot sailboat that i got for free off the side of the road i mean i I was looking on looking for them on facebook marketplace found the post went over there this guy just literally had it sitting outside i picked it up put it in my vehicle and now i'm i'm sawing it apart i'm putting it together and building something cool yeah you know what i noticed about our videos is both of us in those type of videos like i don't know if you watched my rafia video about joseph stern or not but there was a lot a lot of time lapses in it and then I watched the one yep. today of the bus build and your time lapses, your daughter, little Brookie is in the time lapse, just running everywhere. And then in mine, it's Georgie, <laughs> my dog running everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was watching Brookie on that old time lapse. I was just focusing on her. She's just, like, just <laughs> scooting all over the place. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's awesome. Yep. So, uh, any other updates, Elliot? No, I mean, I'm just ready to teal hunt. Got to, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be the podcast topic for tonight: teal hunting, all things teal hunting. We're both super excited about it. Um, I'm hoping to get on some. I actually killed zero teal for the first time in my waterfowl career, which I killed like a hundred. I think it's 110 waterfowl, which we tracked on on freelance hunt stats last year. 110, Elliot, and zero of them are teal. How likely is that to happen? I don't know. I mean, you do the thing is you guys just don't have that many. So for me, yeah. there's like I mean, zero. Still, late chance. season we have, we have we have them late season. We have them in duck season. Like it just, it never happened. I can't believe it. You know, of all the places I went, I didn't kill a teal. Yeah, so, I don't know. That is I'm a definitely unusual by that. Definitely unusual. Let me see. Let me see how many. Sure. Uh, it looked like you're looking up something. Really oh yeah, I was just. Glan- I don't remember how many teal I shot last year. I was just glancing at it. It's uh, sure seventeen blue wings, twenty one green wings. See, that was a huge portion yeah. of my harvest. Yeah, how many? Twenty one green wing, seventeen blue wing. That is crazy. Yeah. So that's thirty eight teal. Yeah, thirty three mallards, thirty eight teal, twelve gadwall, and four hens, wow. two widgeons, one redhead, one ringneck, four geese. 20 snow geese on three shots. (laughs) Nice. Nice. And uh, 
last year, you know, while we're while we're just going over the stats, weird stat. Last year was the first year I ever killed more geese than ducks. Yeah, that's insane. But you had such good hunting early and late for geese. You just stacked it. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I think I killed. What was it? It was like fifty-seven. Maybe it was like fifty-seven geese and fifty-six ducks or something like that. It was like one more goose than duck. So yeah. <laughs> it may never happen again. So, uh, we're, yeah, we're tracking all this over there on the freelance hunt stat. <laughs> Hunt Stats app, which soon to be North American Waterfowler app. Hard to remember to say that. Seems but Elliot, we need to we need to uh, talk about uh, timber holes. Right, topic. That's right. Yeah. So I promised this guy on YouTube that I would talk about this on the podcast. So I've got a hunt. Josh and I, Josh from Outdoor Limits, and I we traded hunts, and I reviewed his hunt, and he reviewed my hunt. So the hunt of mine that he reviewed. It's this little slough, and it's got timber all around it on all sides, and not just around it, but it's in, you know, a, a deciduous forest, and and it comes off of a little body of water, and it's a little slough, and so Josh labeled it mallard, mallard hunt in a timber hole, and anytime my experience is anytime you call anything a timber hole, if it's not if there's not cypress trees, or if it doesn't look like Arkansas, then people you know these. <laughs> and Jordan and I had a debate on whether they're Southern or not. I certainly consider Arkansas Southern. But, you know, those guys come out of the woodwork and start getting all butter. At least that's how that's how I interpret it. So I was going to ask you, Jordan. Okay, let me read the two comments. And you tell me if there's no emojis attached. Can I? Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me interject right, one thing. This is going a little go off ahead. topic here. But, like, I want to interject one thing before you read in those. But, like. You know, I need, I do need, I wish I'd, I'd gone and watched this video so that I knew how timbery of a hole this was. Because <laughs> I know the one that Matt labeled uh, a few years back was like literally like one tree along a creek. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as it's not like that, then I'll, I'll give it to you. But no, it's completely yeah. lined with you, it's, it's a lined with trees. It's on both sides. It's in the it's in a little peninsula that's basically like deciduous forest type of stuff. I mean, I did like sure. five hunts in a row from there last year. So if you saw it, you would. I'm sure you would. Remember. Oh yeah, it's that yeah. little that little. We call it the slough. Um, it's just a little sure. body of water that get body of water that it's got trees all around. I mean, it is a it is a hole of water that is completely surrounded by trees. Some of the trees are in the water, but mostly it's just a little open section. So first sure. of all. Let me read the two comments that were made, and you tell me the tone of voice you interpret them read them saying it by, and then I'll tell you the tone of voice that I interpret when I hear it, right? Because it could be, you know, it's like I'm probably interpreting the tone wrong just because. Can, can you copy and paste it into the chat so I can see the okay, words yeah. too? Here's, here's the first one. I put it in the spreadsheet. Here, let me put it in the first one. Everyone, all the patrons that are watching can see all right so here's the first one and it says uh funny you can i won't use any tone of voice and i'll i'll do the tone of voice later that i interpreted it and that's a little bit thing about being a youtube creator it's like in with anything without emojis how you interpret it like you could very easily say this to me and i wouldn't take any offense to it and not that i take offense to this it just kind of gets old but okay <laughs> funny you kansas boys think timber hunting is a hole with a few willow trees around it now i will say there's not a single willow tree at the place this guy does not know his tree identification 
because there's no willow trees. But funny you Kansas boys think timber hunting is a hole with a few willow trees around it. That's the first one. Yeah. Okay. The second one. Let me post this one in here. Made by another Arkansanian. Just make the trip to Arkansas and hunt some real flooded timber. Those are the two <laughs> posts in question. So, yeah. When I how, what what was, tone do you read those in? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they're throwing they're throwing a little bit of shade when they say it, right? Yeah. I I take it with condescension. Condon. I'm struggling on the word. <laughs> Con, not condensation. <laughs> Condemnation. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. that's that's how I take it. It's yeah. like, oh, in Arkansas, you know, you you can't call that flooded timber. You come to to yeah. Arkansas for the real flooded tim, tim, timber. That's the tone I hear it in when I read those. Sure. No, I mean, I honestly like I I get both sides of it because like I do think that there's something that's different about the timber they sure. hunt compared oh, to absolutely. Yeah, and I'll and I'll label some of my videos that I'll do it just for you know just for kicks, but like, you know. But it doesn't mean it's, it's not uh, a timber hole. Just because it's not to the sure, level sure. of Arkansas where it's cypress and miles of flooded timber doesn't make it not a timber hole, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, ju- yeah, no, I, yeah, it is, it is. But like, I guess the thing is that it, it's almost like they should have different names yeah. right because they're different things but we call them the same thing so i get when he's like real real timber like a real timber hole right a real flood a real flooded timber. yeah but see but but we you never know, stated this was like flooded timber that. see i would not call this place flooded sure, timber sure. that's different see they hunt flooded timber and yeah. so if i were to call this place flooded timber it's not it's a little strip of water with trees around it so it's a timber hole that's totally different than flooded timber. Yeah. And I, I don't think Josh put anything about flooded timber in the thumbnail or anything. If I'm not, I don't think. No, but, but the name like Timberhole mm-hmm. got popular, popularized by people referring to spots they hunted in Arkansas yeah. that way. That's how I would go. And then it's like, a, it's like a, you know, it's a verb or it's a, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, verbiage that's used by waterfowl hunters and then it just kind of expands throughout mm-hmm. but then it doesn't mean the same thing anymore right so it got popularized by them and then so it's like hey you're stealing our our name and it's not the same thing <laughs> so i yeah i guess i i feel like you're seeing three guys shoot three limits of mallards in an hour and you're saying huh Huh. You guys should come down awesome here hunt. and hunt some real. When's the last time that that uh, you know you had a mallard hunt that good in public land flooded timber where you didn't see another person the entire day? Why would I want to go to Arkansas for that? To to crowd in there with your thirty five thousand other people? No. Yeah, you're right. They should go to Kansas. <laughs> But it does, it it does, I don't know if it should, it doesn't make me angry, it just rubs me the wrong way. Because I feel like, guys, a lot of those, the majority of those types of comments, I feel like, are guys from the South. Right or wrong. Do you feel that way? 
of that um, attitude. That like <laughs> you don't hear people like from California or up in Washington or up in Nebraska or the Dakotas or you don't hear them going, "Oh, you guys should." Do you you don't hear that? You hear it where do you hear it? What states do you hear that kind of attitude from typically? Yeah, I guess I haven't kept it. But just, do you ever remember anyone from the Pacific um, Northwest having that attitude in a comment? I don't ever remember anyone from this. Honestly, like, well, I think our content's a little different. So, like, I really don't have people from certain areas giving me, like, giving me a hard time about anything. It's just... If it's, I can't narrow it down to one type of person to be honest. I'm just being honest with you. Maybe, maybe the southern people have something against Kansas or how you do it. But like for me, I probably have it as pretty similar to how how they have it. So they're not telling me to do anything different. I will tell you what I think it is. I think that they've gone and labeled Louisiana and Arkansas the baddest waterfowl hunting on the planet. And they're a little bit uppity about it. They're a little bit like chest puffers about it. And so anything that infringes on the words or like, what if you were to say, can't, you know, if I were to come out with a video and be like the best mallard state in North America, I mean, who, who, who do you think would I get a lot of comments from? It wouldn't, wouldn't be Washington. I just think that they have their chefs. Yeah. So not, not all of them. Let me say, I've got five or six friends from the South I love. We've gone through this before. But there is a bunch of them that are just kind of chest puffers. They're just kind of chest puffers. That's the bottom line. There's, let me rephrase that. There are a portion of them that are just kind of chest puffers. Now, if you're from the South and you're not a chest puffer, then I am not speaking to you. But if you are, then I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I could see it, especially like Arkansas. I mean, they're, they've been, excuse me, they've been deemed the uh, the capital, you know, the duck hunting capital of the world. So, and they know. shoot a lot of ducks, but then they turn around and cry about how they don't shoot ducks. Yep. Sure. I mean, and then they have the one thing that's special to them, um, and it's the timber hole in Kansas over here, just shooting all the limits. And you're trying to steal their one favorite term that's them. <laughs> <laughs> and I am playing I am playing around quite a bit with what I'm talking about. Because in in all honesty, with text, all the meaning gets lost. Can you what? Can you just give them that one thing, Elliot? You guys have I uh, will I will tell you what I will give them. Wide open spaces and the limits and all they want is to have Timber holes be an Arkansas thing, and you just won't let it. It would be like me watching a, watching a video from Minnesota where they have a little piece of area that doesn't have trees around it, them labeling it a prairie hole, a prairie marsh, and me going, huh, you think that's a prairie marsh? You should come to Kansas. They, they, they just call yeah. it a prairie marsh because it doesn't have any trees around it, is what I would think. It'd probably be like, but you're not as proud of that. Like, this is what I'm it would be. Proud like. of it. You'd be like, this guy would be in a uh, secluded hunt, and you'd be like, huh, excluded? I could see someone 500 yards away. <laughs> you think that's ex- ex- You should go to Kansas. Even if I, even if I felt that and thought it, I wouldn't type it. Yeah, but somebody from Kansas yeah, would. I don't know. I don't know. But 
I think that's just a percentage of people in any group that are right. Like I that. totally. And agree. the thing about Arkansas, you have a little higher percentage. The thing about Arkansas is there's way more people, right? So that's probably the percentage probably is the higher. Percentage. No, I think it's probably the same percentage, but there's like 60,000 waterfowlers in Arkansas, and there's like 16,000 in Kansas. I wonder, I wonder what Jake from Jason Green would think of this conversation. I, that would be really curious to hear what he had to say about this. But in all, in all honesty, it's, I'm, I'm sure it would be the situation of just like, like if we're all sitting around the flyways collective and giving each other crap, right? I'm sure those comments are actually just like that. It's just like guys giving each other a hard time. No, I mean, I mean every every word that I say to me. <laughs> Titus and I talked all about that on the podcast about uh, you and Matt's relationship. We had a good conversation. I think that was on air. I think it was. That's great. I think it was on air. I hope it was. It was a good conversation. But don't don't get all butt hurt, guys, my southern friends. I am uh, just trolling you a little bit, so don't don't get no, over. No, please get butt hurt. Unsubscribe from freelance duck hunting. There's always a home for you at Duck Hunt Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> just trolling you a little yeah. bit, but all right, you know, it was Elliot. a timber hole. If there's water in it and timber around it, it's a timber hole. I'm sorry, it may not be flooded timber, but it is a timber hole. And I averaged over four ducks a hunt in that little timber hole last year and never saw another person. So I'm content with it. Yep. Yep. Glad you shot lots of ducks in your wannabe timber <laughs> hole. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move Next on. Next time I hunt that, the thumbnail is going to be something about another hunt from the wannabe timber hole. Or am I a <laughs> wannabe? Uh, I don't know. Something. You're going to have to help me come up with the perfect title. Before, because you're you're better with words than I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's go ahead and get a quick word from our partners, Elliot, and we'll go ahead and jump on into the teal hunting. First off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Onyx, guys. Onyx is an awesome app for waterfowl hunters. Um, in the palm of your hand, you can see permission or <laughs> permission. You can see land ownership and get that permission. Um, it's been great for me knocking on, on doors all through Michigan, Indiana, um, and anywhere else you go. So it, it's just an awesome uh, app for the waterfowl hunter. If not for the private land, you can um, you can use it for public land, seeing boundaries and all that. So they got awesome layers that show all the different types of public land. And I got some trips planned for this year. And I've been on there marking pins, getting ready. Guys, if you don't use Onyx, you're missing out. Check it out. If you're looking for more waterfowl gear as the season approaches, check out Final Approach. I just got done putting together and brushing for the first time um, the Final Approach stand-up line. And it is, it's amazing. It's awesome. I stood out in the country on a dirt road with my little saw and cut a bunch and just brushed it. It looked fantastic. I am in love with this little thing. You get done, it rolls up. You can actually carry it over your back. And it's a wonderful product. And as I'm seeing and using more and more final approach gear as I prep for the season, the more I'm impressed with the decoys and the clothing, everything about it. So check out final approach um, as you're heading into the season for new gear. Awesome. Also like to give a big thanks to Tetra, Tetra Hearing. Guys, hearing protection is a must as waterfowl hunters. Something that we've as a community kind of dropped the ball on for a long time. 
Um, and there's plenty of people that are suffering from hearing loss. Yeah, I can uh, think of many times I've talked to older hunters that have hunted all their life, a lot of gunfires, uh, a lot of gunshots. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard having a conversation with them because they can't hear you. So I don't want to be that way. Uh, I know that I already have, you know, struggled with it some now. Um, but I want to prevent it in the future. Elliot, you're the same way. Um, but guys, Tetra Hearing, the technology they use for that, um, you can talk to your buddies. You can hear the birds' wings whistling. You can hear the marsh waking up. And then when the gunfire goes, when it goes boom, it uh, blocks out the, the loud noises. So um, it's awesome. It is seamless. And it doesn't take away from the hunt. So check them out, guys. Tetra Hearing. It's, it's a great product. As this is the second year, we are doing a Patreon Duck Gun Podcast Hunt giveaway August 25th, 7 o'clock Central. We're going to go live on, are we going to do it on, yeah, on YouTube. And uh, and you can get entered in this hunt giveaway and come and hunt with Jordan and myself for a couple days. So all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. I've got a video there waiting for you to watch, give you a little more details. Get signed up there, and you can come be a part of this deal. It is We had such a great time last year. The hunts were fantastic, so we're ramping it up this year. Me and you and Jordan and his little bus, hopefully up in Michigan, and we're gonna be. it's going to be amazing. So go over to patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. Get signed up. Awesome. also like to give big thanks to Motion Ducks. Guys, Motion Ducks, decoy spreader is the motion – uh, choice for me and Elliot. We, we love using that on those no wind days when you have the water and it looks like glass, there's no ripples and the birds are getting a lot more wary. Well, you throw that out, um, get tons of lifelike motion in your set. Uh, way better than any jerk rig is a jerk, jerk rig on steroid. So uh, check it out guys at motionducks.com and use code duckgun2020 for 10% off. Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump on in today's topic. So like we said, guys, we are going to be talking all about teal hunting. So uh, it's going to be a fun one. Elliot is uh, definitely the resident expert as far as it goes to teal hunting over here in the Mississippi Flyway. We just don't have the same opportunities. I know in pockets people can do well. And, you know, early season um, people can do uh, do well on the, on the teal hunts. Um, I, I really don't have a lot of opportunity local to me, which really stinks because I enjoy, I enjoy it um, when I get a chance. But Elliot, you have like four weeks straight of it, going, you know, lots and lots of uh, lots and lots of history that you have uh, hunting till. So, yeah, I'll let you kind of take it away, Elliot. Yeah, actually, a lot of times we will shoot teal clear through mid October. Um, there's a lot of teal shot during that whole time so it's almost like six weeks of it and blue wing blue wings are my second favorite bird behind mallards i just love how they fly i love how they act i like how they respond to calls they're really really sensitive to motion and they're just a phenomenal little duck and they taste delicious now actually i didn't realize this there's a good portion of people in arkansas and louisiana that don't think that teal tastes good and i had that conversation with Jake and I don't know what it is, but it's a general consensus that they don't taste very good down there. But here, every time I've eaten one, it's been, it's been delicious. So they are just a phenomenal little game bird. And, uh, I, it's almost to me like a season of its own where there's teal season 
And then there's, and it is a season of its own, but even like in through October, I just think of te- the uh, shooting blue and teal is like it's separate, just special, special event that I just look forward to every year. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same way. I mean, I wish, I just wish we had more opportunity. Um, and like if we go up into Michigan, it seems like the first day a lot of people pile them up, but like the opener is always the first, and it's on a weekday. And I just haven't, um, since I'm, I'd have to take a day to scout and then hunt the opener. So I'd have to take like two weekdays off and like the number of other days and opportunity. I just, you know, I don't. And so, um, usually what I end up doing is dove hunting cause it's local and a little bit easier to, <laughs> to get on some birds. And it's still a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'm going to hurt some, some of your, uh, your best friends feelings, Elliot, and say that I, I, I do think that teal, um, would probably be a more fun opener than Dove. So now all the Southern boys are, are going to be mad at me too now. Like we just, we're ruining it. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I enjoy both of them, I'll be honest. But, um, yeah, yeah, just, that's just how yeah, it is. Yeah, there's just something, something special about those first flights. And for, you know, in my state, the, and I've said it before, the ducks leave the state for the most part. I mean, we have a few breeding wood ducks, and, and I'm sure there's a few mallards and a few teal that nest in the state, but hardly any. I mean, I can go out to these marshes and see zero birds. In fact, I took a whole tour of a complex, and we saw four blueing teal, and that's all we saw out of the whole complex. So, so when they show up, and all of a sudden they're there, it's just a really amazing, amazing feeling. So to me, the key, the key to success with teal is, number one, scouting. And you don't necessarily even have to scout where birds are. You want to know what kind of habitat teal love, which they love flooded vegetation and specifically like they love smartweed, but then they also love mudflats. So we've shot a ton of teal over, we, we call sheet water, where it's just two to five inches. And then we've also shot a ton of teal over calf to knee deep water that's all typically flooded smartweed. So if you know where those places are, now the, the flooded smartweed is easier than the mudflats because you can have a lot of mudflats around. And I typically don't feel really comfortable hunting mudflats unless I see the birds there. Um, but if you, you know what the environment's like, a lot of times you can go in blind. And especially if you do it year after year. So we've got some places, I still like to try to scout it, but you can go in blind some. And, and do just fine. But if some decoys, a spinner, you don't have to hide that much. Hunt's typically over by like 9, 9.30. Um, so if you've got birds in your area, you can certainly be successful. Awesome. Yeah, so let's go ahead and kind of jump into some of the categories we got and, 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 and break it down. So, Elliot, you, you said it before we went live, but... Uh, <laughs> One of your favorite things every time is our uh, is our annual uh, till decoy right. argument. Yeah, I just like to hunt over the birds I'm killing, and so I want fall plumage teal. I want fall plumage uh, teal, and that's almost the majority of what I've got. I've got a few um, plumed out teal, but the the final approach teal bluing teal pack comes with I think eight just early season coloration teal and I think two green wings and then two blue wings that are that are plumed out. So it's a good it's a good pack. I I tend, I really like four dozen. You don't necessarily have to have four dozen, but that's what I like. 
I just they're light and easy to carry. So I'm gonna, if I'm going to put out two dozen, I'm going to put out four dozen. And I've heard people say, oh, it doesn't matter how many decoys you have, and oh, it doesn't matter if you use mallard hens or what. I just that you can certainly shoot birds under those with only a dozen mallard hen decoys. But I just fully believe over ten years you're going to kill more birds with matching your decoys to what is actually there. Early teal season, you know, people think it's young birds, but that's actually a lot of times not accurate. The, the first birds that come through are adult males. They get done with their breeding and they take off and they leave the young ones and the mothers behind. So um, now they do act dumb. I won't, I won't say that they act like really smart birds, but I just believe that I want, if I want to match my decoys to what is around at all times. That's just going to be better in the long run. And my rebuttal would be, uh, guys, if you don't, if you're trying to save money, like I, I would say if money's not an issue or if you're a gearhead and you just like to have more stuff, um, you know, go ahead and buy your, buy your early season teal decoys. Um, but if you're somebody like me where you just don't have the opportunity and you're not going to be around it, like I just haven't spent the money. I will probably at some point, but I just haven't spent the money because um you can just take out all your green use mallards the bigger and like i said they do act dumb um early season i just think it's the fact that birds haven't been hunted for months you know that kind of helps play into that um and me you know maybe they got a smaller brain i don't know but uh (laughs) all that being said i think that you can get away pretty well with just using your hen decoys hen mallard decoys you probably already have five dozen mallard decoys just take out all the hens Usually that's, you know, you're going to end up with three dozen or two dozen or whatever somewhere in there um, and throw them out. There's a lot of guys who don't even do that and just put out duck decoys. So, um, yep. yeah, that's your that's kind of your backup. You know, maybe over time you do. I think that it would be really hard to prove one way or the other. But, uh, you know, I think I think either way is fine. I don't I don't judge people for either one. No, I mean, if you're like, oh, you know, this is my first year or I don't have that many teal around and I don't really want to go out and get specialized decoys just for these teal hunts. And absolutely. We uh, our first I don't know how many years we used mallard decoys and we killed a lot of teal over them. But if you have the option to hunt with teal decoys, then I would certainly say do it. And with these fall packs, I like the thing I like about them is because once we hit November, we're blue wings are gone. They're they're not around anymore. And the fall, the fall teal still look like green wing hens so i can use blue wing decoys with the fall plumage clearing through december because we've got green wings in november december sometimes even january so that's what i like also about the fall plumage is that those same decoys i can use i'll I'll a lot of times have a dozen teal decoys just to set off to the side of the mallards and and you can use those all year long so it's oh yeah it's not like you can only use them during seal season Alrighty, let's jump to uh, hide. You really don't have to worry about it all that much. We we don't just do nothing, but um, we do minimal. And if you want to, if you want to see kind of how this plays out in my videos, um, if you go onto my freelance duck hunting YouTube channel and go to the playlist and just look, um, I've got season one through seven. Any of those seasons, the first three or four hunts are going to be teal. So you can go to any of those seasons and just look and see what we're doing with our hard our hide. And it's not like we do nothing because we're not going to just sit on buckets out in the middle of nowhere. We will cut some um, cedars or whatever and come and stick them in the mud. But it's just like compared to mallards, it's we would never 
hunt mallards the way that we hunt teal. So we put up minimal effort on on concealment because that that's something about the motion spinners and it being early. They just they're just dumb. <laughs> they're just easy to decoy. Yeah, like my example would be like, okay, if we're going to talk about A-frames, like uh, for a teal, you're probably going to brush the blind in, but like it's just going to be like, it's not, it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to worry about like a ton of top cover. Um, like it's it's nice to have, you know, the A-frame brushed in, but like like with a mallard, like the top cover has to be perfect. You know what I mean? Like they can't mm-hmm. be able to see in it. There has to be like, just a, a lot of brush, you know, you're taking away the hard edges and you want material weeping over the top and giving you that good, good cover with, uh, with a, a teal, really, it really doesn't matter. Like, uh, you know, like one step lower is like dove. Like we don't even, we've, we sit in a frames, <laughs> but like we don't even brush them in. So it's like your teal mm-hmm. is in between that mallard's got to be perfect till it's like, okay, like let's just, you know, they can't see our move, our movement, but like teal aren't, like big, they're not going to circle above multiple times. Um, and like, you're not going to see them like turning their head, trying to look like you'll see a mallard do. And then it'll float in over the decoys. These, these birds are flying low and flying fast. And, and, uh, yeah. So with hide, it's like, you got to have hide, but it's like not a lot. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't spend a lot of time worrying about it for sure. Um, the thing about teal is that, it depends on this one depends on where you're hunting. But if you're in if you're in an area with a lot of teal, a lot of teal hunts can be done in 15 to 25 minutes um, because if you're in a good spot, they're just everywhere and it's chaotic. And so I always advise people to just slow down, control the hunt, don't rush. If you let a teal hunt get out of hand, it can be so fast and furious, which those can be a little fun every day. If you've never experienced one like that, but once you've experienced a few, it can be so fast and furious that by the time the hunt's done in 15 minutes and you don't remember a thing and you're out of breath, you know, you can slow down. You don't have to shoot at every single teal that comes by. Um, you know, just control it, control your emotions. You're going to enjoy a teal hunt a lot more if you just keep a little bit of a slower pace. Let the dog, if you have a dog, let the dog do its work. But um, a lot of people love to get into the habit of just like, you know, we've got four guys and we're shooting at every teal that comes by. And you don't, you know, you, you don't necessarily need to do that. Um, if you're in a good spot, just take a deep breath, slow it down. Your enjoyment factor is going to go way up. Yeah. I wish I could say that was an issue around here. <laughs> yeah. And if it's not, there's times, I mean, you kind of know from an area from your scouting and there's some days it's like, we need to get on every bird we see. Right. Yeah. So you have to kind of play it um, on your scouting. If you scout and there's, you know, 500 bird teal in your hole, you don't need to limit out in 15 minutes. Make it 45 minutes. Your enjoyment's going to go way up. If there's like a dozen in there, then absolutely get on them, right? Sure. So a lot of it just depends on you where know, you're at and what you're scouting. The other is. difference, too, in uh, the Mississippi Flyway and, and Central Flyway on the early teal season is that uh, we are uh, at sunrise and you guys are 30 minutes before. Mm-hmm. Huge difference. Yeah. So yeah. those, uh, you know, having that as a factor, I just don't think you, because a lot of that fast action happens in that that first 30 minutes so mm-hmm. yeah depends on your hole for sure um, one thing i'm trying to get better at and i actually got this from the duck commander guys i'm watching some of their videos um and i mean we are good with our shot selection but big groups especially big groups especially 
When they come through the decoys the first time, screaming as fast as they can, flying and not slowing down, even if they're 15 to 20 yards, don't, don't take that shot. Because a big group like that, especially if you have spinners out, they're going to circle around, and then on the second pass, they're going to put their feet down. Those big groups, wait until their feet are down, or at least if you get like 10 of the 30 with their feet down. If you're a little more patient on those big groups, you're going to kill five instead of one. And it's hard. This is hard to do. It's hard to do. Um, but I watched one of the Duck Commander guys. They let this group of teal. This is the first time I really realized this. I don't remember how many years ago. They let this group of teal pass by two or three times, but they weren't slowing down. They weren't putting their feet down. Mm. And then, I mean, you know what a good shot those guys are. And by the time the Blue Wings put their feet down, feet down, they killed like between four of them. I don't know how many they killed. It was ridiculous. But they just let them pass. Those big groups will go by a couple times. Then when they put their feet down, if you don't let them slow down, you're, it's a much, much harder game than yeah. if you can get them slowing down with their feet down. I mean, those southern boys definitely can outhunt just about anybody. Those duck commander boys can't. I'll tell you that. Those guys can shoot. Yeah, those southern boys. They don't play. Louisiana. I like I like those guys. I like the duck commander. I like lots of southern guys. Just not the chest puffers. I like Jake. I like Joel. I like Alan. I got a big list of southern guys I like. They're just not chest puffers. I don't like Kansas chest puffers either. Who's the biggest chest puffer on the flyways other than you? Probably Matt. <laughs> I got a million views on a video. <laughs> <laughs> I find Matt to be humble and delightful. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to edit that part out. I know a chest puffer. He's not on the flyaways, but we both know him. And I bet you can think of who he is. Um, anyway, moving on. Okay. All right. So next we got spinners. You've come a long way on spinners, Elliot. Have I? Where where did I start, and where am I at now? You started out saying that like uh, that if hawks were smart enough to tell dove and teal decoy or uh, dove and teal spinners apart, the ducks were too. I ha- I okay. So right, I at first <laughs> I didn't want to use dove spinners. I used I see I broke my rule about making assumptions. Okay, with too little data, I saw a hawk come down and go after a dove spinner out teal hunting. I've never seen a hawk do that to a teal spinner. And so foolishly, I was like, well, I, I just made an assumption on <laughs> too little data. I was wrong. Yeah. Dove spinners are absolutely well, fine. Do you remember when I came out to Kansas hunting. for the one time I came out to Kansas and yeah. I brought like mm-hmm. five dove spinners? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you were, you were overplaying my opinion on the dove spinner. No, I still would prefer teal spinners just because I would rather carry a teal spinner out sure. than a dove spinner. So I still sure. prefer the teal spinner. Yeah, but. but we'll go back to like my main point about like if you don't if you like just use what you have, right? Right. And so right. I was like I I dove hunt a lot, so I got a bunch of dove spinners. Yeah. Well, another another thing is that um, I thought maybe they spun a little bit faster, but I was I th- wrong on that. I was wrong all they? the way around on they, that one. Uh, they look no. like they might. Well, they the one the one dove spinner or the one teal spinner that I had that we turned uh, Freak Baby into a spinner with that one basically beats at the same proportion as the dove spinner. Mm. But in my mind, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, well, maybe those dove spinners spin a little differently. But it's it was foolish. I fully admit I was wrong <laughs> on that one. If you have dove spinners, there's no need to go out and buy a teal. Spinner. In fact, you can use mallard spinners. Yeah, that's what 
now that I let Aiden dissect and Frankenstein my teal spinner, I don't have one anymore. That's what we use is. Yeah. See, I've always used mallard, mallard spinners too. Um, just cause that's what I have. Like the only thing about dove spinners is they usually make them with smaller stakes, which, um, yeah. So if you're hunting in, uh, somewhere with a lot of water or, or deep water, I should say, then, um, uh, it's, right. it's a little bit harder to use those, but shallow, which typically you would want to stay away from that deeper water. I've had very few hunts with success of water above your knee, uh, especially like if you get thigh to waist, they just, uh, my experience is it's, that's not ideal at all. Yeah. Well, a lot of the places around here, that's, that's all we got. We don't have mud flats. Yeah. We don't have prairie marshes. So, um, yeah, it doesn't always pan out for us. Maybe that's why we don't have yeah. any teal. Right. And also when you're scouting, you know, teal and we're, we're learning more and more that, um, insects play a much higher part of a duck diet, a dabbler duck diet than what we previously thought. And, um, so that's what they're doing in those mud flats. And there are certain plants. I'm so blessed because I've got a, two biologist friends now. And there are certain plants that are more conducive to bugs in them. And so, like, this place I was scouting the other day, I didn't know what this um, vegetation was. And I took a picture of it. I sent it to Golden Boy and to Matt. And I'm like, what is this? And and uh, Golden Boy is like, oh, yeah, we, we we killed a bunch of ducks in a pond with that very same thing. And then Matt's like, yeah, bugs really get in that stuff hard. And, and so, um, you can actually look in the water and, and visibly look and see how many insects are in there. I would assume that would be perfectly acceptable to do, but they love their bugs. Little blue wings do. Elliot, why, why on your teal hunts, you know, I've watched, you know, almost all of your teal hunt videos, but why, why do you, uh, insist on water swatting about 50% of your birds? <laughs> the, okay so my water swatting i used to think water swatting was illegal in fact in season one i tell my dad it's illegal and we have this whole conversation about it we got digging around and it is legal in the state to water swat and i traditionally am a terrible shot at blue wings coming off the water i just if i let them rise off the water for some reason i suck at that shot so i've decided depending on the day there's sometimes if they're on the water and I want to kill them on the water, I'm going to kill them on the water. And so it's definitely, definitely been an evolution, but sure. I would rather kill one dead on the water than wound it flying away. And when I let teal fly away, that's typically what happens for some reason. I don't know whether I'm leading them too much or not enough. I should take a couple of those shots this year with the shot cam and see where I'm leading them. But I just, for some reason, I, that's not true with mallards, but for blue wings, I just suck at killing them when they're coming off the water. Do you ever? Uh, here's my theory on it. So maybe, maybe it is a little bit harder, or maybe like whatever. It's a little bit different speed than a mallard, um, but it's also like early season. I always, I shouldn't say I always. Like, there's been years where I struggle out the gates, and then, but like you get midway through the season, and, and you know, midway, mid-season form, whatever you want to call it. People have it in all different sports, right? But, like, you just get where you're just – you can't miss. Like, you just – all you do is shoulder your gun. You don't even think about it. And boom, like, you're just dropping birds left and right. But, like, when it starts off, I mean, it's you, you got a little bit of rust. I mean, it's early season. They're fast flyers. It's, you know, there's just some things that can go wrong. Do you think that's part of it? Do you think that plays into it at least some it percentage? Might. It might. I, I mean, I traditionally shoot really, really well during teal season. I mean, I've come out of teal season shooting 75% for So I typically shoot better during teal season than I do 
past seal season. I mean, sure. I water swat some. I try not to swatter water swat a lot. So, I mean, I'm not shooting. I may be water swatting 10% of the – I'm just guessing. I don't know. But it's not It's not a high percentage. But I typically do shoot really well during that time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, till season's like – I mean, it is easier shots though too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yes. I don't know. I mean – Yeah, that's a hard I'm, question actually. I shouldn't say – one way or the other. Because with mallards, I don't take those passing shots. So, I mean, there's the teal shots I'm taking are harder than hovering mallards. And, you know. Do you think the birds are just, so, are mallards just tougher? Like you got to shoot them twice sometimes? I think, well, I do think that the shot, definitely I pull the trigger on longer shots on mallards than I do teal. I mean, we're killing almost all of our teal inside 30, if not inside 25 yards. So it probably is. I mean, a 30 yard is shot is, no, is not a, it's not a cupcake shot either. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, no, it's not, but it's, it's definitely, if you get a bird with its feet down inside 30 and you don't kill it, you're going to feel like that you were the worst shot ever. I mean, if you take a shot at a bird at 45 and you miss it, you're probably not going to be mad at yourself. These teal shots, it probably is. The teal shots are just easier. We're getting those. I mean, you've seen the videos. That are in teal season, we get them in so close. Yeah, even when you're and not water swatting them, like down. their feet are touching. So, Right. Yeah, it's so it probably sp- is just easier shots. <laughs> and they're just there. And mallards are tougher. And Yeah, there's plenty of times where you shoot a mallard and there's feathers and maybe he's going to go down, but he's going to sail or fight and, and, and you shoot him again, you know. So. Yeah, and it's it's not a dramatic drop off. I mean, the last the last few I think five years I've shot anywhere from fifty five to sixty two percent. So it's not like I'm having a, a dramatic drop off in in shooting percentage or anything. But I, I'm guessing that it's just teal are easier to get in close. And so you know when you're talking mileage, I mean we shoot them close a lot, but we are willing to take thirty five to forty five yards shots at times. You know, it's probably just that. Yep. Alrighty. Um, any of these you want to trim off? Or you want to keep keep going down the list? No, I, I'm curious on as far as what loads and what choke to use. Sure. I think that's yeah, no, an that's a good conversation. One. But what what do you think? Yeah, let's let's keep on. Uh, yeah, I just want to give you the option to of uh, where you wanted to go next. Yeah. So um, with us, I've. Anymore, I, I have a modified in and keep it in. I have shot improved during teal, and um, it, I, I've got I'm seven shot Brownings right now because that's all there was last year when I was getting them. So we got several cases. So if I was using like fours steel fours, I would probably use an improved. In fact, I, I would use an improved. But the fact that we're using sevens instead of fours and it's steel, then that's why I'm using uh, a modified. I would I don't ever put a full choke in my gun. I mean, I've done. I put a full choke in my gun on one hunt in the last, I don't know, thirty years. But yeah. So we were using modified sevens this year. If I'm using fours, I'd probably use improved cylinder. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the same way. I keep my modified in, just twenty four seven, and that's been that's been good for me. Um, I've tried. I've had little stints of of tried and full choke in different seasons, but I feel like till season's definitely not the season to. I just can't imagine really needing a full, like even with other people. I, there's, there's, there's great hunters that argue for full choke, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just, but I, I can't imagine any of their arguments for full choke that would uh, make sense during till season. The only one is like, you know, they're like, oh, a tighter pattern. That way, you're not uh, accidentally shooting, 
you know, more than one bird or something like that. But um, for, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a good shot, but I'm not an excellent shot. So it's like I need the extra forgiveness that uh, the modified gives me. So um, I'm going to take that for sure. Right. And if you full on hit a uh, teal at 15 yards with a full choke, you're not going to be able to eat it. I mean, I had one like that with I did with Boss last year. It was a Boss five, I think. We were supposed to shoot it in the head, and, though. Well, man, this <laughs> thing was so close. Do you remember, do you remember the shot I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. I showed it, it, it wasn't oh, 15 yards, though. It was closer. Than yeah, that. it was probably eight. It was, uh, yeah, I got a lot of crap on that one for pulling the triggers. Like, why would you even shoot at that? It's like. I don't know, man. There's a whole flock coming, and I'm just trying to kill him. I oh, yeah. I didn't ever stop to think. Don't shoot; it's too close. But did it you, see, do you remember the one I when I came out to Kansas? I did one that was very similar to that. I don't. Was it uh, one of the teal hunts? Yeah, you were filming, and me and you and your son were hunting. And oh, we started off on that little slip on the on the west side. Yeah, that little cut of water. And yeah, uh, yeah you have to yes, go, yeah, I have to go back. And look I remember at that. it was a, it was very similar, but. The only difference is I think I was using a 20-gauge, so, um, and I hit it in that. Yeah, because yeah, it was off to my right. I need to go back and watch that hunt. That was <laughs> a – I really – both those videos I really enjoy. Oh, we yeah. didn't just crush them, but they're just cool videos. And, yeah, that you hit that thing. At the time, I remember saying I've never seen anyone kill a teal any closer than that. And yep. I don't know if I beat – I don't know if I beat you last year on that one or not, but they're it, similar. it was close. It was flying yeah. right at us. And it was dark yeah. too, man. It was dark. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go watch that hunt. It's season five, hunt one and two, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's season five, hunt one. Until two. I've always used six shot. I know you said seven so earlier, but I use. I've been using six shot. Yeah, we used four for a long time, and it seems four is just a little more than you need, really. Yeah, no, I think number sixes are are more forgiving. So, and I think number five say, is probably fine too. Yeah, sure. If you're in an area where there's tons of hunters, it becomes a lot more difficult to decoy them. And, and teal hunting can become a pass shooting game for a lot of people. Um, and that that's when that's when you see more than a box being shot. But if you are in a pass shooting teal game, man, it's so much harder. And I certainly wouldn't shoot sevens yep. or an improved on a hunt like that. Yep. So here's the last pro tips I'll give kind of in closing on this. Uh Bring your sunscreen. Bring like a thermosel or bug spray because it's still hot until season. And bring lots of water. Um, but yeah, usually you're you're done. You know, in the first hour, two hours, if you're lucky. <laughs> if I guess if you're unlucky, I should say. Or bring Golden Boy. He's got that. You know, mosquitoes like I think I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken. I can look up real quick. There's a certain type of blood the mosquitoes likes better. Is this like the hawk story? No, this is for real. I don't know how to spell my... Uh, Let's see. Mosquitoes attracted to certain blood types. Yeah, type O. Yep. It's type O. O O or like O positive or Uh O negative, does it say? Uh, Don't you hate it when you you search it and then you see the answer and then you click on it and the answer's not there? Yeah. Mosquitoes appear to be more attracted to people with blood type o than other blood types hmm. so that's weird because i'm i'm type o but generally mosquitoes are um hitting other people and not me really yep hmm. i know man they love aiden aiden is like my thermosel and they just don't really care for me that much sure compared to aiden and, and so just having them in the marsh is wonderful 
<laughs> he will have thermocells on him. Trust me. Nice. All right. You got any closing thoughts? Nope. I'd say it just, you know, if you have teal in your area, get out, find them and use some of these tips and go out and shoot them. Man, it's, it's a blast. There's a, it's an overlooked bird in a lot of places Yeah, where they're around and, and even in some of the areas that I hunt, it's just people come out in droves for big duck season. But when it comes to teal, they just kind of are passive about it. Sure. I'd say get out there and give it give it a go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, a, it's like you said, it's a fun season. Um, it's, it's you know, there's not the same tradition as there is with big duck season or with some other things. And I think partly because it's just newer as far as uh, like seasons go. It's a newer idea to have early season teal hunting, um, especially in, and some I've you know I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's not even been that long in some of the Mississippi Flyway states. So, um, you know, uh, get out there, do your due diligence, find some birds, and and have some fun. It's just uh you know, um, it's just another fun thing to do, and, uh, on the way to big duck season. You know, or or for you, Elliot, it's 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 that's probably uh putting it at putting it in a wrong light because it's it's something that uh for you is probably almost just as fun as duck season. Yeah. Nothing beats mallards over, you know, backpedaling, but man, yeah. I am absolutely in love with, with teal season. Mm-hmm. I'll take teal hunting over mixed bag. Yeah. But I mean, I, I love it all, man. I love it all. Oh yeah. Can. It's definitely hard to beat shooting mallards over fake timber holes. <laughs> but I mean, that's one of the things that's so fun about like in the central flyway is that, it's not which you unfortunately you don't get to experience this, but it's like the type of birds you're shooting change all the time. It's like all blue wings, then blue wings and green wings, then here come the pintails and and widgeons and gadwalls, and the mallards show up, and here come the geese. It's like it's always changing and shifting a little bit, and that is just so much fun. Yep, for sure. All right, fellas. Well, that's all we got for tonight. Like Elliot said, countdown to season. We are. Um, we are almost there. Less than a month till people start shooting birds. Actually, some of our buddies, Elliot, are August 15th. They're going for the early goose in North Dakota. So um, it's, it's, it's close for that. And the next thing that really opens is dove September 1 and early goose and teal opens September 1 on certain places. And then for you, Elliot, teal opens up September 3rd. And it's just, man. And then from there, it just cascades one thing after the other. After the another, next thing you know, season will be over. Yep. Yep. All righty. I'm going to close out again. All righty, guys. I'm Jordan from Ducking Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Ducking, and we'll see you guys on the next one.